Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Real Gentleman of Queens. I'm your host, Julian Villard. My co-host, Brian Coyazzo, a.k.a. Bisky, a.k.a. B. Chocolate, a.k.a. B. Lover Longshanks, could not make the intro yet again this time. The man has so much on his plate, I can't even imagine what it's like to be him. We have another incredible genre exploration for you. Today's episode is a deep dive into the world of heavy metal. I am so excited for this. I am, beknownst to no one, a closeted metal fan. I love metal. I love it. And we have one of the funniest, most sincere lovers of metal on the show. Our guest is the incredible comedian, writer, and incredible guitar player, Mr. Dave Hill, who is so funny and so sincere about his love for all things metal. A couple quick shout outs. Please take a minute to write us a review in the app. It really does wonders for the show and it spreads us throughout the algorithm. Also, I am running a Kickstarter pre-order for vinyl for my new album that's coming out this fall. You can check it out at bit.ly slash jbvinyl. And lastly, head over to my Patreon, support the podcast. It's patreon.com slash Julian Villard. Okay, you guys ready to rock? Without further ado, I present to you the real gentleman of Queens exploring the world of heavy metal. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Real Gentlemen of Queens. My name is Julian Villard, and this is my co-host. What up? It's Bisky Coyasso. When you say when you say this, is my, you, you jumped in, and then I was like, "Am I am I saying it, or is he saying it?" You know, you just got to roll, man. We're 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 shooting from the hip here. That's how we roll on the uh, on the gentleman. Um, we have quite the genre exploration for you today. This is something that I have been. I'm gonna say in our brief history of a po- as a podcast, this is this is maybe the episode I've been the most excited for, and we are gonna talk about the genre known as heavy metal, and we have perhaps maybe one of the foremost most I'm not gonna say he's the most foremost authority on the subject. He might be maybe the most metal person I've ever met. Um, maybe yeah. <laughs> And this coming from a guy who used to be managed by the lead guitar player of Twisted Sister. True fact. Oh, wow. Did we, we did you ever talk about that? That I was managed by I JJ think, French? I think we did. I, I'm very pro JJ French, I have to say. I I love I've JJ. I've never met him, but I've only heard wonderful things. He's an incredible dude. He is. Um, Does anyway. he still dress like Twisted Sister? Well, he's... You know, he still wears a hairpiece. <laughs> I, th- all... I, I saw him at Guitar <laughs> Center. No, out? I saw him at where did I see him at Sam Ash or something. And uh, he he looks like he he just dresses like a rockin' middle aged man. Yeah, he's like a he's like a rockin' Upper West Side Jew. Um, so you've already, you've heard his voice already, and it's he doesn't really need an introduction, but I'm going to give him introduction. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, our guest on the podcast today is the incredible, uh, multi talented Renaissance man known as Dave Hill. Uh, he is a uh, comedian and an author and a smoking purveyor of hot licks on the <laughs> guitar, in my personal opinion. I think I'm Thank always you. impressed. Dave, Dave, Dave could play. Dave could play. Um, and uh, you have three albums coming out this year with his, uh, t- with his band Painted Doll, his other band Witch Taint. Uh, I, might, I may have some keyboard tracks on the album. I'm not you, sure if I made the cut. You do. I made the cut. 
You, you absolutely do. Uh, you have one, you're credited on the album. I oh, amazing. This, this is reminding me it, because of the pandemic, I bugged out and just like got out of uh, my shipping and receiving headquarters in my apartment. And I didn't send anyone the album. Uh, oh, please. So I, I need, need to the- send it to you. No, you're credited and on the album bringing extreme heat <laughs> on his piano. Yeah. Oh, Dude, no. Are you, are you like no, that piano player that whips up heat. the Foo Fighters? I need to look at the thing, but it's, I think it's a couple songs. I'm playing I mean, some, some. Whatever you sent is all on there. It's all I, on there loud. I went like some, I went full on with some deep like seventies burning deep purple organ. Oh, on there. absolutely! Oh, it's, nice. Yeah, it's no, it's all on there. There was no uh, nothing muted. So we we have. <laughs> I mean, I'm you know I've been muted many times. My guest appearances on many albums are muted, and they're like, "Oh yeah, thanks, thanks, Dave." Yeah, for yeah that you're album. on there, yeah. Dave, you added a really nice, te- nice texture on that album. What we did is we took your tracks, and we panned them hard right and left, and then we muted them, and they, they really sound over them. great in the track. That's they they really add a nice depth. Yeah, I've been That's there. what happens to my my tracks. So we thought you would be uh, like, you're like the perfect person to talk about this because you are, I think I can safely say you are someone who loves metal, correct? I do. I do love metal, but you know, it's interesting. And this is not me backpedaling by any stretch. Um, But the interesting thing that I've found, given my love of metal, which I'm not shy about, is that I think of myself as a guy who's just really into music and among the musics that I listen to is metal. But I find if you, if you say I love metal, then instantly people like go, that guy is totally all metal. Well, no, I mean, I, I, but I think it's just not me complaining about what you just said, but it it just fascinates me. Well, the other part about it is that like, because obviously you're very funny and a very thoughtful person, like you have perspective on metalness, which is a, which is a very hard thing because metal is the kind of music that requires a level of personal commitment. And another disclaimer for this is that Brian, my co-host Bisky, um, you have not listened to a lot of metal. Is that correct? I know next to nothing about this genre. I have so many questions. Oh, you're in and for a well, I'm I'm one of them kids that were. I mean, it's it's just it's it's not my bag. Um, not that I don't enjoy some of it when I when I do hear it, but I was one of them kids who was my my mom said this is like of the devil, like just die hard Puerto Rican Catholic woman. So she was like, you don't listen to any of that. You know, mm-hmm. she 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 heard somewhere that kiss. I mean, I, so even even like metal adjacent, anything that looked. Uh, sketchy oh, yeah. to her was like so kiss she heard stood for knights in satan's service and uh acdc she heard stood for after christ devil comes and <laughs> oh <laughs> wow a, i never even heard that one but oh yeah my mom's out, like proto like proto conspiracy theorist i i, I, I no, pray to god I've the heard that about kiss, and i'm you know i'm pretty much from that as well so like i definitely like remember going to the record store and seeing i remember just seeing like venom records <laughs> as a kid and just being like i need to wash my hands after <laughs> touching these albums just because i <laughs> could not believe there was like an album with like pentagrams and right you know upside down crosses and things like that i was just like oh shit 
It was so See, far gone that like remember when when like the hair metal stuff and like all those bands were like doing the uh the middle of the road ballads. Sure. And Poison had like Every Rose Has Its Thorn. I remember distinctly being in the car with with my mom and and we're listening to Every Rose Has Its Thorn, just quietly enjoying it in the car. And then the guitar solo came on. And she was like, Is this heavy metal? I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's an acoustic <laughs> ballad, but I, I don't know, you know. So she changed it. The the oh, so that's funny. I have sort of always been like I have this weird closet obsession with metal. Um <laughs> I will declare that I am wearing Come my Come out of the closet. Come I'm coming out, out of the closet. This is my, I, this is my, I finally get to like really get into it. I've, I've got my Scorpions slash Scorsese branded shirt. And I've also got the incredible encyclopedia of heavy metal by my oh, side, wow. oh, which wow. is one of the most amazing picture books that like you could possibly imagine. This is like, it's incredible. This book. Um, I think I've got oh, the Chuck Eddy book somewhere. So I just have this obsession with the genre musically and otherwise but I, I sort of and then so one of the I, like it's even just to call this episode heavy metal there's just so many different kinds of metal oh right? yeah it's vast it is an ocean of con- so and i think that's something i want to i i think to qualify before we start is that i'm labeling it heavy metal but we're really just going to explore all the all the fa- some facets of it we can't cover it all because it's too much no and, i mean it's like i think of heavy metal like jazz it is it's like there's entry level metal and entry level jazz. There's absolute bullshit uh, that is very popular, and then there's stuff that's like very challenging listening that you can really only listen to after you've kind of taken. You have to get there. So it's I think like they're the, very similar in that regard. I think that's my question too. So like, is is the is the overall genre heavy metal that everything is a subgenre of, or is the overall genre just metal, and heavy metal is a particular well, part? And that's a tough glam, one. You know, hair that's metal a tough and, one to answer off the bat because, and we'll, I have, I think that's like a very that's a semantics question, and it's a question about beliefs. Like, depends on what you think heavy metal means. Uh, um, that's who you ask. Yeah. And we, we, we should, we'll get, we'll, we're going to get into we'll this. We'll get there. Okay. Uh, another quick shout out, a book that I bought because of Dave Hill, because of his oh, conversation wow. with Malcolm Gladwell that I listened to, Lords of Chaos, which is oh, absolutely yeah. fucking batshit crazy. This is, this, so this is about a black, a black metal, the man that kind of like, I don't know if they started black metal, but they kind of, you well, know. That, did, that book's an amazing book. I mean, I read that, that, that really is. Lords of Chaos, which is now there's a movie that came out a couple of years ago, I guess, based on that. Um, I have all sorts of stories now coming to mind with this. But like Lords of Chaos, when that book, I got it right around when it came out. And I was so fascinated by it because like it's it's an amazing book. I, I love anything, anything where someone's super into something. <laughs> I fucking love it. And it's all, so I it's love also, that. It's, it's a true crime book, Brian. It's insane. Oh, shit. oh I'm yeah, all in. there's that. It's, it, so it's, it's about ins- one of the bands that my mom really didn't want me to listen oh, to. No, oh, this is the, This is but like it, horrible. But <laughs> it is amazing. Yeah, there's murder and suicide. and and. But I also love, anytime anyone takes anything really seriously, I also think that is the funniest thing in Absolutely. the world. Well, it so is. It, from a, so that book comedically not that i was like ah they did this and that uh you know they did horrible things but from you know with some distance like there's i i used to carry that book around with me 
just to read passages to friends because I was like, this is fucking amazing. You need to read this. And like the first 200 pages of that book is, and then the movie is very good. Uh, I've got to watch the movie still. I haven't. It's it's on. Um, it's on Prime. You watch right? it on Amazon Prime. It's really right. good. And so I, as a guy who is like obsessed with uh, Norwegian black metal and all this stuff, like I interviewed the cast of that movie at Sundance. I, I was hired for a few years to like do these kind of light interviews. They're they're meant to be just silly, but like people would come in with movies like that, and they're like you know, I'm still meant to be lighthearted with them and it didn't go over very well. Um, <laughs> and I felt bad about it. Cause I was like, Oh shit. And I was really looking forward to it. Cause I was like, oh, I'm knowledgeable about the subject and it didn't go well. And then, uh, I was at, you know, I do shows in, in non pandemic times. I do shows at Eastville in Brooklyn quite a bit. And, uh, so Marco, the owner, was like, hey, my friend, uh, he saw you, like he loved you. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Thank you. And he was like, yeah, it was Rory Culkin. And I was, Rory Culkin is the star of Lords of Chaos. And I was like, oh, shit. I, I don't know if he remembers me as this guy that pissed off him and the whole cast of the movie. This is a whole sidebar. You can delete all this whole story. That's anyway, good. We, 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 it's good. We're, we're but but uh, I and he's texting him. I was like, "Do you remember that Dave was that guy?" Uh, and he's like, "Yeah, I knew it was him." And I was like, "And I was like, we tell him I'm sorry." It's like, no, it's fine. Anyway, but all long story short, long long story long. Uh, now Rory and I are friends, and he wasn't mad at me for that interview. <laughs> So we're let's just jump straight in with our playlist. And, and again, it. like we always break it down here. We've got our three categories. We have the quintessential pick, that tip that is the quintessential uh, band or song of the genre. Then we have the outlier pick for our playlist. Uh, and then we also have the goat pick, which is the greatest of all time. This playlist you can find on Spotify, succinctly labeled R-G-O-Q-E-P dot nine colon heavy metal. Wow. I, I always get made fun of because of the way I title these. Um, but Dave, since you are our guest, and also I'm going to say of the three of us, you, you have lived, you are the most metal of all of the three of us in your own way. I'm so pretty I, metal. I you're pretty say. metal. And so you're going to kick us off. And this is your quintessential choice of the genre. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. So, who are we listening to, Dave? This is Merciful Fate uh, with King Diamond on lead vocals, of course. And uh, this is Evil from the first album, Melissa. The album is just called Melissa, like the Allman Brothers song? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll find that a lot in metal. I mean, you have the Smiths with Cemetery Gates. Pantera has a song called Cemetery Gates. A lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, happens a lot. Wait, so King Diamond is a guy, not a band? Well, there is a band called King Diamond as well with the same guy singing. Okay. So King Diamond's like Sade. Basically. There, what's another example of a, ba a band where the lead singer is, the, oh, Alice Cooper. 
Alice Cooper, Marilyn Alice Cooper's, Manson, right. Manson. It's very, it's a, it's a, so can you tell us a little bit about Merciful Fate? Uh, I, I have a picture of them right here. Or this might be the mentors. Who is this? No, this is the mentors. That's the mentors. Yeah. Um, Where's Merciful Fate? It's these guys. There are areas. He's painted up with his uh, cross going. <laughs> yes. Look at yes. look at that's King Diamond right there. What's, um, where did you actually, come across these I guys? I, I think I have right here a King Diamond action figure. No way. Right here. Oh, amazing. And this wow. is without even planning. This is. I mean, that's how metal I am. That you can mention King Diamond, and I'll be like, "Oh, I just he happen to like have a voodoo, an action like a voodoo medicine." It's man or it's the you have yeah. the he's got like the the bone cross with the mic attached to the bone cross. Yep, that's like his Freddie Mercury kind of staff yeah, that he yeah. wields, and his lantern. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, they're from Denmark, from Copenhagen, Copenhagen, however you want to say it, and um. That I think that record, I mean, I think is one of the greatest metal albums of all time. So what, like, when you say that, so what, I mean, it's it's what was it, eighty three? Is Melissa? It's like it's early, yeah. it's early eighties, and they're like, are they part of what would be kind of the new wave of? They're not really the new new wave of British heavy metal, right? Because they're no, they're, it would have been after that. They would have been like, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, they would kind of would have been right slightly after that when that's going on. But also, you know, at at the parallel. Um, but no, they're kind of after that. And they kind of took things in a more fully satanic route uh, and fully satanic and more awesome route, I think. And uh, it's just full on metal. I mean, that song... You, when you put it on, if you're if you just put it on and you're hanging out, like everyone in the room's going to be like, "Whoa!" And that's you know, it's doing its job. That's the idea. Well, because there's a thing that, and it's something that I want to talk about with with metal. It's like you know, it, it starts obviously like sort of out. It grows out of classic rock and hard rock, right? So there's you know the big debate like is Led Zeppelin a heavy metal band, right? No, that's like, and, and, you know, Led Zeppelin is my favorite band. Of all time, but I don't think of them as heavy metal at all. But you know, when you and and so I guess I mean we'll, we'll get into it because obviously we're going. We, we there is no conversation about metal that is complete without talking about Sabbath. But like right. the idea is that it grows kind of out of classic rock and blues rock. That's sort of where I think the seed of heavy metal begins. But mm -hmm. then it kind of as it you know it sort of like mutates over the years. It feels like there's a certain point in the '80s when it starts to get heavy. Like and or maybe it just becomes metal at that point because and I think this is this typify this sound typifies that like like with the sort of the screaming vocals and the double kick drums and all that stuff like you don't hear that in stuff that's categorized as seventy metal seventies metal that much I would think like like does I don't know I'm trying to think of the bands like 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 Maiden doesn't have a ton of that Although no Maiden maybe is, I think Maiden is full on metal are I, they because they feel a little bit more like campy than most so these metal. are the hallmarks of metal right like a screaming high uh, tenor well, not, vocalist, right? Uh, double kick drum, uh, virtuoso guitar. You know the the, the sounds being used. Like, uh, what, mm -hmm. what are like the baseline requirements to be considered? Yeah, I, heavy think, metal? I think that, and then you know, minor key progressions, and you know, but 
really the beginning of it is the flatted fifth, the devil's interval. Right, the tritone. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's when, that's the difference. And, you know, Zeppelin didn't do that. Right. Uh, and really, like, if you really think about it from, like, a caveman level, uh, excluding hair metal, which I don't really consider metal fully, uh, I think the difference is, like, metal is like they're not the the subconscious aim of metal is not to fuck anybody like literally have intercourse that mm. isn't that is really so so that i is, think it shifts like zeppelin the greatest band of all time in my estimation um everything they ever did like there's a subtext of like let's fuck let's fuck let's fuck <laughs> um and every note of it and but i say i think all great art that is the subtext of any great art mm. i mean from a painting to a, a acoustic folk singer it doesn't matter it's not like a machismo thing at all i think it's any human making art if they're doing it right the subtext is let's fuck but people yeah. definitely like except in metal in metal metal that's why it's such a sausage party yeah that's but why, then, like, but, it's such, it's a dude fest. It is, right. And it is, and for also, that reason. We, and, and, go ahead, go ahead, sorry, you speak. And to when, when, if you, and the rare occasion when you go to a metal or a metal adjacent kind of band and there are women at the show in large numbers, it's because there's sex in the music. So and I'm like, not saying this in like a, a dude bro way at all. I'm just saying as a human being, like uh, I'm saying like Joan Baez is her music's all total sex vibe. I'm not, and it's not like a machismo thing I'm talking about at all. So any art, any art from any. So who are the metal bands that you feel like, like, cause I, I know what you mean. It's like, there's sort of like a, you know, this is this music is serious. This music not not cultish, but it's like we're here. This is work, and we're here to like angst it out. And there's something about that. Like when does when does metal get horny? Like who are some like? So you're saying like someone like Ronnie James Dio? There's like sexiness in there, right? Not a lot. Not some, right. some. But he. But why does he like talk? Then, but he portrays himself as like this. You know, the the sexiest, most beautiful, most talented oh, man alive. I don't think Dio did <laughs> no? that. I, no, I don't think so. You're, you're projecting your feelings for Dio. I don't think that about Dio at all. Dio, I mean, Dio, I love Dio. I met Dio once. He was an absolute delight. I mean, his last name means God, doesn't it? Yeah. I I have a guitar signed by Dio. I have, not to go too off, but I have <laughs> the, is- the world's only guitar signed by Dio, Ronnie James Dio and Ira, Ira Glass. I think in his, <laughs> which on, is the exact on planet Earth cross section of your brand. It, it absolutely is. That's <laughs> you, why I was like, it has to happen. Like, because Dio signed it, and then I was hanging out with Iron Glass, and he's like, "Who signed your guitar?" I was like, "Ronnie James Dio," and I thought he would know who I was talking about, and he didn't. And I explained it to him, and I was like, "You have to sign this guitar." You are the Ira Glass of heavy metal, and the Ronnie James Dio of, of like of conversational public. of like public radio. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, and I almost had Dick Cavett sign the same guitar, but I was as much as I love Dick Cavett, I was like, 
it's going to screw up the balance of this guitar. I can't, <laughs> I can't let it happen. It's going to mess with the sound. Yeah, yeah um, it's, not, it's not the right move. <laughs> so, all right, let me, I'm going to play a, a, another band, my band here, which is, you know, cause we're going to kind of, I think the, the goal, I really want Brian to get a sense of what, like what metal is. Cause I, I have hopes that Brian, and again, would you say Dave, that heavy metal is like a white people is white people music. Um, it depends what you're asking me. Is it listened to? Is the the majority of the audience white? I would say, yeah. In my experience, is it intent? It's. I mean, me any music is for everybody. So no, but we have a we have a running. That's like a no, running not thing in an exclusionary this. way. Yeah, but just is it like certain? Like you know, is the, we we have these cultural conversations around the genre. So we're not trying to um to bait you into saying uh something this is no not, i know no i know you're not for you. I, I realize you're not trying to trick me <laughs> but you know it's because that's i think that is for example am i speaking accurately brian when you say like growing up you were like oh that's some white people shit for sure right. but also there is like you know like my my family's from puerto rico you know and i had like mad cousins growing up that were Metalheads, you know, like this. There is, there is some. There, there there's a huge like. Latino I think it's fan a little sneaky. It's not like, yeah, we, you know, we're the singer songwriter thing that we've talked about. That's like, that's way more white people. There's something about metal that is really cross, like because there's, you know, metal is huge in like in Mexico, right, and right. in South America. Like it's fucking huge. Like these guys oh, go yeah. play to I mean, eighty thousand people. You know, arguably, in depending on how you look at it, it's arguably Latino music. Because if you really want to see, I mean, talk to any band touring, you know, the tours globally, they're going to be like fucking, you know, the Santiago show was fucking the craziest one or Mexico City or, you know. Right. So Mexico and South America. Yeah, those crowds are the craziest. It's like that's their biggest, besides Europe, like when they go to Central Europe and play Norway, like. I, JJ would talk about it like when they go to when they go play Mexico it's like it's not like 90,000 people in Twisted right, Sisters right. headlining oh, these yeah. you know, mega festivals absolutely. and people so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. huge so, mosh pits of thousands of people people just going absolutely batshit yeah so right. to answer your question no it is not white people music I don't think it is <laughs> I really don't think I think there's something about it it's like it's a pretty wide appeal but it's this um, it's it is this sort of like kind of you know, if you, I think it has uh, like country music. It has like some per- barriers for people to enter at times. All right, I'm gonna play. This is like for me quintessential metal right here. It's almost polka-ish. I can't tell if Dave is grooving on this yet. He's, he looks like he hasn't made up his I'm mind. I'm just trying to place it. Well, now you know who it is. This is uh, the the searing vocals of Mr. Rob Halford, and this is Judas Priest. Yeah. Uh, it's later later Priest, though. It's like 90, this track. Is this um, a Turbo Lover? This is Painkiller. I mean, it's a Painkiller, um, yeah. Right. So uh, Judas Priest, uh, they are a British band, obviously. They're from the Midlands, which I feel like is where a lot Birmingham. of... Uh, yeah, Birmingham. Birmingham. Birmingham is, is the home Sabbath. of metal, right? The home of Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. It's where it all kind of originates. And I don't know. For, 
you know, I feel like Judas Priest, they're a really interesting band to me because they're, they're kind of, I guess they're from the kind of new wave of British heavy metal thing, but they're different than those bands to me because I feel like they're a lot heavier. They were the first band to really kind of get taken to task for the satanic messaging. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, without the first, I mean Sabbath, but like you know, the whole case of them playing the backwards, the kid yeah, who killed himself to the back, ridiculous, ridiculous. Thing. But like, and and, and the funniest wait, wait, part wait, about talk about that, talk, talk about the, the oh, playing the records backwards. The that, was, that, was, that was definitely a, a legend that I used to hear. Like you, if you play yeah, these they, records backwards, it tells you to I kill heard, your mom or some shit. Yeah, someone they had a record on, and some kids shot their, blew their brains out or something. One kid did, and one kid didn't. I'm trying to find the article on it. That, well, I mean, you know, the, perhaps maybe one of the funniest uh, metal pieces of metal culture is the uh, video Heavy Metal Parking Lot, which I don't know if you've I ever seen, I just watched Brian. that the other day. You'd seen it before, though, right? I'd or seen it know? before, yeah, but there's like some Roku station that you can watch it. I need to. And, of course, they're at a Judas Priest concert because <laughs> they're all talking about, like, Kiki Downing. Yeah. Um, you know. The dual guitar thing was like that. That was sort of one of their big innovations between um, the two guitar players in the band, uh, Kiki Downing and uh, trying to think. Glenn who, who Tipton. Glenn Tipton were like, they kind of, that sort of element of, of har- guitarmony, but in shreddingness. Yeah. It's like they pioneered you know, you, that. You raise a good point with Judas Priest because like a big thing that they did was in terms of metal, like they eliminated. A lot of the blues influence. Exactly, they're like the, to, and I think they're like a precursor to thrash to me in a lot of ways. Like yeah, they yeah. sort of because it, it gets away from the blues. Right, it's not like rock. Like they're, I mean, they're. It's very metal, and right. the fu- also the funny part is that you know they, the whole kind of like leather fetishization, really culminates with uh, Judas Priest, and then yeah, you know yeah, the funny totally. thing being is that you know Rob Halford, the lead singer, is very openly gay, so it's like a total like years like, later came out as gay though, right? Like, yeah, so back but then, like he right, but that was like he was in the band when he left. He was like out of the band when he. I mean, it was like you know pretty obvious, but <laughs> he didn't ever ever say it out loud until he was out of the band. But 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 they like back it. in the band. They did a lot for leather fetishization within the metal world, and the fact that it's like all brought by like a you know a guy who was like it was like totally a weird you know like a gay culture thing that they mainstreamed. Um, mm-hmm. Isn't with- that movie uh, 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 the great the, the the movie that's so bad that it's great? The Mark Wahlberg one uh, is it Rockstar? Yeah, Isn't that yeah. about uh, kind of based on like when uh, Halford yeah, left yeah. the band and like they they got a fan or 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 a yeah a lead singer of a Judas Priest cover band to replace uh, to replace Halford as the lead singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. It's and also and also there's elements of tap, spinal tap that are based on Judas Priest. The whole rotating drummer thing. I think they were like legendary for having four or five different drummers. Like uh, so, yeah. I mean, they're like to me, they're like I don't know, like. They're, they're like when I think of like what band typifies sort of the kind of metal sound in a lot of ways, you know, not like the origins of it, but I think that they're like this interesting band that they bridge a lot of what metal was going to become. Oh, totally. And, and what metal yeah. was. What yeah, year absolutely. is that? I think they're a quintessential metal band. Um, they're like, they, I mean, they, 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 they were around and like, they think they started in like the late sixties, something crazy, but they, I think the first records came out like set in the seventies. Right. Mm. And, and but, they, uh, they, but, but they, yeah, yeah. They've been, they've been at it a long time. Right. And they hit their, they hit their stride really. And when they get to like the late seventies and early eighties, and that's when like British, when is British steel? That's like, that's the record, you it's know, it's like, like 80, I think, or right. I could be wrong. 
Um, shouldn't be. I should. I should have the right. Yeah, it's eighty. No, it's all. Right. You're the most metal man. You can just. You don't need these dates. These are. This I know. Is all like, you know. It, should, it wouldn't kill me to. I was. I was right though. I just checked. Yeah. It is eighty. Um, when you like, so were you? Was priest like present when you were growing up in Ohio? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. But I think for me, I was. I would say, you know, that was a point when I was, I basically like my best friend growing up and still one of my best friends. Uh, we were always like the two omnivores, like with music. Cause you know, when you're sure. a kid, you can't really, at least, I don't know how it is now, but you're not supposed to be like, I'm going to go see this. Then I'm going to go see that. And you kind of like, you gotta but, go like, I'm into this and that's what I'm into. I feel but, like it's probably like that for young, like younger kids now with Spotify, they just kind of grab stuff and it's like, oh, I like that song. I like this song. But when we were growing up, like you, you know, the band was your identity. Yeah. Right. So, but I had one friend and we were never like that. We would just always go see every, I was just like, if there's an electric guitar on, I would see the stuff that I liked. But for me, I was just like, if there's an electric guitar on stage and someone playing an electric guitar loud or just even playing it at all, I'm there, I'm in. So I would be like, I would go see like replacements one night, then I'd go see ZZ Top, then I would go see Psychedelic Furs, then I would go see, you know, Scorpions. It didn't matter. I was just like, and you know, and then I'd go... See Agent Orange. I would just I was in as long as people were rocking. And so I'm in. I'm in. I I've always thought of Priest and Maiden as like I don't know why I've always thought of them like like even though their music's really different. There's like something about them in my mind. They always like kind of occupy a similar space. And maybe it was oh like, yeah. But I don't know why because they're such different bands. Like and I Maiden is not on this playlist because I feel like I don't know Maiden Maiden has like a. Both British bands, right? Well, they're both mm -hmm. British. They both came in the same time. Both like the, but there's something about Maiden that's like inherently really goofy. I think, like Priest is yeah, kind of scary. But they're pretty and, awesome though, Maiden. Yeah, they're amazing. I they, mean, they're, they're almost more like a prog rock band at times to me. Maiden, like they have this sort of campy, like like Rush. They have elements of Rush. I always, whenever I hear Maiden, I think, oh, this is like heavy. This is like Rush without the musicality. <laughs> I don't know. They have the musicality. I think. I mean, maybe not quite i mean rush is another i mean that's rush is not metal but that's like a whole other right. like I've i like rush but i've never been a rush no guy like i'm more of a fan of the idea of rush right like i love like uh i always tell people watch that rush documentary on netflix or wherever it is i'm like it's the bit one of the it's so amazing um but just because, like, oh, I love that these guys did this, and they're all friends, and right, and it's cool. But then, it, even after I saw it, I was like, oh, I should go back and like go have that rush phase I never had. And then I tried, and I was like, no, I can't. Do yeah, it. it's a, all right. So this this is Brian's uh, quintessential. So Brian, again, we're taking it easy on you. We know you're not a metal guy, but you've put this forth as your, you know, I'm gonna have to pick make funny a little bit because I got to pay you back for what you did to me in the Latin Soul episode and how. <laughs> You made me when I, I when like I, I called when I called De I feel like I, I embraced you. No, but when I called Desi Arnaz Ricky Ricardo, you didn't let me live that down. Did you? Oh, that was pretty you had, horrible. You had to roast me horrible. on on the on the airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here you go. This is your uh, goat. No, this is your quintessential metal pick. This is my quintessential metal pick. 
the classical music to start doesn't feel very metal yet. <laughs> What's this intro? We're we playing the right song? Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So I feel like. Man, I, I feel like the fact that I know nothing about this genre like just completely just lets me off the hook. Like I don't, have, you know. I mean, this is metal. There's no, there's no right. arguing it. it can't right. be debated. So, well, I, what I'm saying is I don't need to really. I, I didn't do any research. All I know is this is Megadeth. You know, I know that it's Dave Mustaine who used to be part of Metallica, and then when they kicked him out, he started his own band. You know, and I remember this song when it was on the radio, and I fucked with it. I was like, oh yeah, I like this shit. You know, Symphony of Destruction. Well, I think this is sort of when metal crosses over into pop, right? Like this is in that period of where it's like, and this is '92, right? This is from uh, the Countdown to Extinction album in '92. Is this around? This is after Enter Sandman. You know, after this is Metallica after Black Album. This is, this is right after, you know, like on the heels of that, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I always think of like the Black Album as like the seminal moment where like metal, which is always interesting too, because then like Nirvana hits that year and then Guns N' Roses is like a joke, but Metallica isn't. I always thought that was really interesting, right? Guns N' like, Roses became a joke, but Metallica. Well, Metallica well, always kind of. Came off as pretty serious and like they didn't. Right, but you know, Nirvana is sort of credited with like the death of like guitar rock. Like it sort yeah, of like yeah. when Teen Spirit hit the radio in 91, like that was just not cool anymore. And, it was uh-huh. like the death of, of uh, hair metal. Right. Definitely the death and of like hair metal. Guns N' Roses I don't, are not hair metal, but I think that. I feel like they survived that. For, they did fun. They didn't get like. I mean, it's unclear. Are they not hair metal? I, I thought Guns N' Roses was hair metal, but I mean, they no, rock. No, no, no. They're pretty legit, man. I mean, well, they. It's unclear whether. No, I, I loved them. Yeah, I thought right. they were great, but it's, I, it's unclear I if it was Nirvana that undid them or Chinese Democracy. We're not sure. <laughs> One of those I, two. Think, <laughs> I mean, they never not played arenas. I mean, I but feel Axel, like... Axel Rose notoriously like had a like a hatred for Kurt Cobain. Like he's oh, like, he, yeah, he, yeah. like he like he was like oh, this well, is I my nemesis. Nirvana oh, they fucked, one of them, yeah. they fucked with them too. Yeah, it was like at the MTV Awards, you know, and they were receiving an award, and Dave Grohl was like, "Hi, Axel," or some shit like that. So, messing d- with them. Dave, didn't Dave Mustaine have like some weird degenerative condition where like that was like like other than being like a incredible like next level alcoholic, like you know, legendary Aerosmith level of drinker of booze, but like I think I thought he had some like weird pain thing where he like he was like in constant pain all the time. Something happened where he couldn't play guitar. I think like he right. slept on his arm or something. <laughs> I might be getting it wrong, but something Wait, really? happened where he he was like, I can't play guitar anymore. And he sold all his guitars or something. And then he's like, oh, wait, no, I can play. I'm fine. And then oh, shit. everything is fine. And, and the oh. best is in, in some kind of monster. Like, I mean, if, if anyone who's listening to this, if you are listening and you have not watched some kind of monster, do yourself a favor and sit down and watch that movie because it is a cinematic masterpiece. But when Dave Mustaine is in the room with James Hetfield and the therapist and they're like working out the issues with the band is like one of my absolute favorite scenes from that movie. It's so incredible. Oh, yeah. And Dave Mustaine mentioned. starts crying or something. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. Uh, I love I, that it's like Metallica. Like, I, you think of him as like these just as these badass tough guys like Mustaine. <laughs> they got kicked out of the group because he was a little too ornery for him. No, right? he, he was get, like a drunk. He would get drunk and like try to start fights. Out. But I mean... But then he went on the thing with Megadeth, not to get too guitar centric on you guys, but no, do that, that please. Among the many it. problems 
is that I don't find them heavy at all because their guitar tone is horrible. <laughs> like it's not, it just sounds like nothing to me. So what, was like, it, and was it the case when he was in Metallica also? Like was his guitar no, tone? No, no. The first, the first couple Megadeth records sounded pretty good. And then something happened and then it just was really bad. So when, and I've noticed that in our, we were texting like, guitar sound is like a big so like you're the, when you get into like the more modern metal stuff like the, the super processed insane like that you're like that to me is not like real metal is guitars going through amplifiers it's not this kind of like super engineered sound which i feel like megadeth it's like a very you know it's a it's has almost like it's almost sugary at times well i think they they're you know i think they used real amps i don't know if they probably still do but I think it's just tonally very bad. But I think my problem with most newer metal is that it's not heavy and it's not, there's no melodies either. It's like just very bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, like it's, and I think it's really cheating when the bands play like the seven string guitars and things so you know, like yeah, that. right. That whole, mm. like, I guess they call it like junt or gent or something. They have a yeah, sound. It's, took it's the absolutely sound. It's like, horrible. It's modern metal, um, Brian. And, and the nickname of it, it, it comes from, because of the fact that like they have, they play these guitars that have like seven or eight strings. There's like no bass players in the bands. Oh my and, God. But they call that sound gent because it's, it's, they say it's a mixture of a guitar with an 808. No, it's really? absolutely horrible. That's, it's, it's for children. It's like, it's, it's really it's very it's it's, it's, it's super it's very weird. bad there's i i don't consider it metal at all it's it's like in most you know not to i'm not going to drag anyone into this but most real metal dudes that i know like well-known metal dudes think that stuff is horrible too so but it's also very it's for children it's all the, all the five-year-olds listening to Meshuggah, like, in there. In there. No, I mean, Meshuggah's <laughs> different. That's not my thing, but, right. you know, I respect what they're doing. But, but you know, not to, you, I don't want to shit on any bands, but <laughs> there's plenty of ones I could if I did do that sort of thing. Right. Well, they, they're not. There's <laughs> also, like, a weird kind of, like, which Megadeth sort of fits into, like, this super proficiency level. Like, you know, Megadeth technically... At the time, I think I feel like they're held up. Like the playing is pretty spectacular, you know. Oh yeah, they have some great players for sure. So I and respect that. But you know, it doesn't I'm matter if the if the jams aren't the playing is. That's the last thing that matters in music, you know. So wait, are you not going to tell us that Ingve Malmsteen is not the most important guitar player who ever lived? Is that what you're about to tell us I'm right I, now? I mean, I hate to say it. I have a good. Uh, I have kind of, well, let, let me give it a, it's probably a C minus Ingve Malmsteen story. Do you know who Ingve Malmsteen is, Brian? Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. He's like the Alan Holdsworth of metal guitar. I don't even know how to describe He's like, he's like the most technically proficient, whatever. He's amazing. But ridiculous. He's amazing. Yeah. Where but, do we stand on all those guys? Like Vi and Satriani? Are, are they all in that world also? I don't really think of them as metal players. Ingve is like, he's like the Steve Vai of metal. Though. Like he's, he's metal, metal yeah. but he's incredible. Okay. Well, go ahead. Tell us your, your Ingve story. It's not really, it, it doesn't involve Ingve so much as I just went to, I went, Ingve was playing a number of years ago at Irving Plaza and I was like, I have to go. It's right by my house. I should go. So 
and I was not able to, usually my first move is always to finagle guest list or whatever. Sure. Uh, and I failed in that regard for the Ingve Malmsteen concert. And, uh, but I was like, oh, I'm going to go. So my buddy, I was like, Hey, we got to go see Ingve. And he's like, well, he's fighting me on it. And I was like, just come, it's me, me at the Ingve show. We're going to go see Ingve. And he's just like, come on. I, it's like, and I was like, just fucking come down there. We're going to go see Ingve. So he's like, okay, fine. And uh, he gets down there. So I go, I get there first. I buy a ticket and he's like, I'm here. What, what do I do? Which list am I on? And I was like, we're not on the list. You got to buy a ticket. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? He, like, I dragged him down all the way to Irving Plaza. He's like, he's like, I, the whole time I thought you had tickets and that's why we were going. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm just a regular guy who came to seeing that. And he's like, you fucking asshole. And so he bought the Ingve ticket. And then he's like, you have to buy my drinks all night. I'm like, all right, fine. So, but, so we went, we saw Ingve. And you can only really watch that for so long. <laughs> I mean, it's great for like a good 40 minutes. You're like, right. all right, still, okay, great, I'm in. <laughs> like, does he it, have a singer? Is this all instrumental music? Is, is there he a band? has a singer. There are no, and I apologize to anyone listening who may take umbrage at this, but there's no real good songs. Yeah, yeah. They're all just setups for the solos. Right. The whole, right. The whole yeah, song but then is the just solo like, comes and you're like, uh, all right. That was amazing. <laughs> right. <laughs> like every time it happens, you're like, oh, that was great. I didn't, I'd find that I waited three and a half minutes. For like, <laughs> I just waited. <laughs> because every time it happens, you're like, that was fucking incredible. <laughs> and then the next song starts. But, 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 like, but, okay, but, I'm going to do that thing again. And then he does it. And you're like, all right, that's amazing. Glad that happened. <laughs> but then after about 40 minutes, you're like, all right, I think I get it. <laughs> and uh, so it, it, it was great. Uh, Anyway, that's so that, it's not that that's it's great. I'm not, not going to tell but, it on the moth or anything. Right. But it's an okay story. <laughs> Unless it's the heavy metal epi- episode the he- of the moth. Heavy metal episode of the moth. Heavy metal moth. All right. Let's get to our outliers here. We got Dave's Outlier, which is a band I've never heard of. But I'm these bands, from hearing, listen to playlists, this band's pretty fucking metal. I can I think that's a pretty, uh, where we at? Here it comes. Oh, Yes. Cool. I hit my mic. <laughs> this is fucking metal, man. Yeah, it's totally metal. I don't think the drummer can keep up, can he? It sounds like he's like, is he with him? You just gotta go for it, man. <laughs> Who are we listening to, Dave? This is Niflheim from Sweden. <laughs> so, why did you, why did you pick these guys as your outlier pick? Because I, I think they're a great example of like, well, after you've gone from, you know, you graduate from various phases of metal then you eventually get to this after 
It's like jazz, going back to jazz again. See, this this is like the this is like the Cecil Taylor, like the Ornette Coleman. When you've like gone to the, the, the yeah, furthest yeah, level of metal, like you're a like Sun Ra, whatever. This yeah. is like you're this done. This is for the real heads. The real heads this listen to this. This isn't Chet Baker sings. This is uh, full on. So like, I, and it's like even makes when you go back to Merciful Fate, you're like, oh wow, Merciful Fate, pretty like sedate compared to this, right? And this, so this isn't black metal, is it? Yeah, it would be black metal, like black. Yeah, black. You know, I think it's it's like. Because I always of, thought black metal is like slow, or maybe I'm thinking of like doom metal. Like when is it slower? When they've got doom like is the, more slower, yeah. Right, and they, but they, where there's like the church organs and all that stuff. Yeah, that would be more doom. This, this okay. I would say is black metal. Well, you know, with other elements in it. So are, like they, speed, are these guys is dressing speed in metal? Is this thrash also? Like, uh, what, are, what are the difference between all those things? I think this would be, like, primarily black metal. So black metal is, like, it's it's essentially developed. It's in from Norway. It's, like, from, okay. and it's, like, it's, like, sort of, like, makes thrash look, like, like, like nice and quaint. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Pretty much. But, I mean, like, you know, there's, there's... You can listen and hear like where they're getting what they're like. These guys love Maiden, like Maiden is their favorite, their favorite band. So when you in, uh, but I think this is just like after you listen to certain other metal bands and you want more, you can go check this out. So you're kind of likening metal to sort of almost like it is like a drug. And like the deeper you go into the metal, like the more it's like you, it's like there's levels of metal in terms of like, are you ready for like the real like hundred proof stuff? Like where it's just like you have to be like this is not music for a casual listener. You got to be a metalhead and you're going in and you're like, yeah, I think I don't think you can just put it like I don't think I could have listened to this record to Niflheim. I don't think I could have <laughs> gone from. Even the name cracks me up. Yeah. I can't remember what it means, but... The the record's called Envoy of Lucifer. (laughs) They, uh... And and is it true? Because I kind of want to prompt you to tell the story, because, like, black metal bands, do they have a sense of humor? Some of them, absolutely, yeah. Okay. I mean, like, I know some of the guys personally, and some of them do. Some of them don't. But there's a whole thing about, like, we're more metal than you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right, that's, that's kind of like we're like, so metal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think some people are it's, humorless, and, and it's like keeping it real in hip hop. But it's like more. It's like who's more metal, you know? Like who's more yeah, like stri- yeah. street, you know? And that's like that's the currency. Yeah, yeah. I think it, yeah, it's very similar to to, to hip hop in that regard. But um, you know, I think it's, I you know. I think, I don't know. I think especially when you get to this sort of stuff, like it sort of becomes transcendent in a way. Maybe not Niflheim, but I could imagine going to this show live. Like it would, like that's a thing where it's like, it'd be so intense. It would be so intense to see this band live. Like you couldn't not embrace it because it's just like a full sonic assault. Yeah. It's part of the fun. Like, you know, some of the bands, you know, there's like a band from Australia called Portal that, you know, when I first heard their music, it felt like it's giving me an anxiety attack. <laughs> like it, I mean, it's more, 
I would say, intense than that. And, and Which is amazing that music can be made that like like triggers physical reactions in you. I think I always get a kick out of yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. Like I had heard it a bunch. Um, a friend of mine kept playing it. I guess there's a uh, I should say it's the metal guy, so it's relevant. My, uh, Phil Anselmo from Pantera and Down, oh, okay, he turned me on this band Portal, and he loves this band, and. Uh, so he, he kept playing them for me and to the point where I was like, oh, fucking hell. It was just like more than I could handle. And then uh, it was giving me an anxiety attack for like we were driving in the car for like a really long time and he kept playing it. And it was like I was fully un- having an anxiety attack. And then I finally saw them live and it actually calmed me down because I was like, oh, these are just guys doing this. So <laughs> it didn't scare me because I'm like, oh, these are just some guys. And then I met the guys and I told the singer, I was like, it's like fucking Phil, like plays your music. And it gives me an anxiety attack. <laughs> like I can't deal with it. And and the guy was even like, he's like, yeah, he's like, you're not supposed to listen to it as much as he does. <laughs> he's like, you're just supposed to get a sense of it. Listen to it a couple of times, maybe. We never intended for it to be listened to as much as it's, he does. It's not, it's like, so just, great. just get a cursory feel like this is what the vibe is. You don't need to dive in. We can't even fuck with it that much. Yeah, yeah. So it felt better because even the singer was like, oh, yeah, you're not supposed to like just keep putting it on. <laughs> but, but having I ended up seeing them but they're they're a good example of like they played at St. Vitus okay and that, sure and that show was like a real range of people like it was like metalheads but it was it was like more it was like kind of a lot of thick rimmed glasses people as well right. like, you it, know, it, like there's there's sort of a weird and i i definitely like this sort of curiosity of like a hipster who would like fall into this kind of category of metal we are like it's almost like can i drink the hardest liquor out there you know and well, sort because of it becomes something else it's it's becomes once it gets to that point i think like there's a great he's actually a solo uh artist really author and punisher who's plays I don't even know how to describe it. He makes these like machines and his music is metal, but it's like art rock in a way, like when you see him and I saw him and I was like, Oh, you could play a metal show, but then you could also probably do a show at the MoMA. And I talked to him. He's like, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Like it's pretty much, I have like the metal scene and then there's like the art scene. Right. And then their bands too, like not the, um, I'm trying to think of these like this like Japanese noise rock bands that kind of fall into that territory too a little bit like Melt is Melt Banana Japanese. I'm trying to think of like these yeah, bands. Yeah, Melt Banana is Japanese. Like these bands where you go see them and it's just like, you know, and which is interesting because you know metal too. That's like a big thing. You know, like bands like Man of War hold the record for the loudest band ever recorded by the Guinness Book of World Records and the DB mm-hmm. level. They're like they're at like a jet engine level. Like you can't even hear what the fuck is happening because it's so fucking loud. It's like you're shit you're borderline shitting your pants. And like there's an element of like noise just distribution with these bands. Um which I could imagine some of those shows would be, which would be fascinating. All right, I'm gonna play speaking of which, a band that is a visceral experience in my opinion, I'm gonna play my outlier metal category, which is this. 
Oh, yes. Is that harpsichord? <laughs> oh. You wouldn't call this dancing music. Oh, people dance to this, man. Um All right, this is a uh, Dragon Force. Uh they're from <laughs> London, England. Mhm. Mm um and they're sort of this weird, I guess they're a power metal, but they also have like a weird video game influence at times. Um, yeah. They're like, it's like video game metal to me. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It, that's what it sounds like to me is like, uh, they're ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it sounds like video game music to me. Right. It's it, like the melody could be from like Ninja Gaiden or something. It, 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 and that's deep. So, and like live. These guys are fucking amazing. Like they're out of control good. Like it's like it's like bonkers how skilled they are. You're just like what is happening? And, they, and the, the 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 guitar players jump on trampolines when they play. It's totally insane. Yeah, and it you know as best I can tell, one of the guys there's Herman Lee and Sam Topman's the other guitar player, who as best I could tell is wasted the whole time, <laughs> and is like. Uh, because I saw him, like, drinking the whole time. And then I, I know someone's friends with the band. I was like, is that guy wasted? And they're like, yeah, he's wasted. And he's freaking just ripping the whole time. I mean, it's, I, it's I incredible. What, no, I mean, this, this, this is what they sound like live. You're just like, how are they doing this? It's just, it's a level of, like, speed playing, but with accuracy is just, I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. Oh, it's crazy. Which, so it's like, I think in a way, like, because they sort of have like a goofy kind of almost silliness to them and lightness, but it's, what's metal about them to me is how accurate and hard they hit this shit. Like, oh, yeah. it's like, it's like, there's no, there's not a misplaced note. There's just, and I have always, see, like, it's funny, in, in my live shows, I, I get a, I actually have a lot of like a weird contingent of guys who are into metal, like my stuff, because I feel like I kind of have a metal approach to singer-songwriterness. <laughs> where it's like a no hole bar is like we're fucking doing this shit and like yeah, that's yeah. kind of that's the aesthetic of the metal thing and that's why that I like a, you are very metal in that regard though. thank I, you I strongly agree that made that, that I really appreciate that coming from you I mean you you know if there's anybody who knows metal it's, you know, it's Dave Hill <laughs> um, but no it's like that's what makes them metal to me it's not even on the music it's the fact that like they're like this is what we do we play crazy video game shit and it's like incredibly accurate and we're not and we're unapologetic and we jump on trampolines and like we don't like literally they, they do cross moves on trampolines while shredding and tapping wait I mean oh, I, yeah it's it's like I could you just go watch a video of them on YouTube and your eyeballs will pop out of your head and oh, it's like amazing <laughs> Yeah, and you said you have a you have a good Dragon Force story, right? I do. I mean, it's okay. very like I've already told one name droppy story. No, no, dude, this is what we have you here drop for. All You're, the names, yeah. Drop I'll, all the names. Just They're meaningless it. to Brian. But this is—I <laughs> can't remember when this was. This was like, it was like when Twitter was like a really effective platform. Sure, and not a well, cesspool. So when Twitter was still like. I mean, before oh, the president of the United before States the president discovered it, it. As, as a way to yeah. communicate instead of press conferences. Yeah, it was like a fun, it was when Twitter was like a fun way to like actually meet people and do things and things like that. 
And so I remember I posted a Dragon Force video when I was like first kind of turned on to them. And I put, I just uh, did a tweet, posted one of the videos and I was like, I'm joining this band (laughs) and, you know, not a great tweet, but I was just basically just wanting to put their video out there. Not that they needed my help, but, uh, so I did it. And then it turned out their label at the time. I don't know if they're still on that, but they were on Roadrunner at the time. And, and turns out that the Roadrunner account was following me. So they were like, Hey, they're actually playing here Friday. Do you want to go? And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I want to go. So they're like, all right, we'll leave you a couple of tickets. So my buddy Phil uh, from Witchtain, of course, um, I was like, oh, you want to go see Dragon Force? We go, they're playing at Gramercy. And so we go and and we're at the show and they Dragon Force comes on and the you know the keyboards are too loud and you can't hear the shredding. So Phil and I are sitting there, we're like, oh man, it sucks. The keyboards are way too loud. I can't hear the sweet solos. And so I was like, I was like, hang on a second, I have an idea. So I just tweeted at the Roadrunner account. I was like, maybe they're reading their Twitter at the show. So I was like, hey, it's Dave. I'm here. The keyboards are too loud. They need to come down and the guitars need to come up so we can hear the shredding. And then so I do this and Phil goes to the bathroom and the sound changes and they fixed it. And it got, all of a sudden it was exactly what I wanted to happen, happen. And he comes back and he's like, oh, wow, it sounds, it sounds much better. The keys down, the guitars are up. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. So, but I'm not thinking that someone read my tweet. Maybe, uh, man. I, I no, wouldn't be surprised. So, so we're standing there a couple minutes late, go by and this guy walks up to me. He's like, hey, are you enjoying the show? I'm like, yeah, it sounds, yeah, it's great. They're like, you happy with the sound? And uh, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it actually was bad before, but now it's really good. I think it's right where it needs to be. And he's like, oh, hey, you know, I work at Roadrunner, and I, I, we got a message saying that you didn't like the sound, and you said the keyboards needed to come down, the guitars needed to come up. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, that's what the problem was. And they're like, yeah. So we fixed it. <laughs> and, so I was like, this is when the internet is good. How's that for service? <laughs> when you can actually like, oh, I feel like my opinion was valid in that situation. And they read it and were like, okay, he's right. Let's fix it. So the, anyway, Wait, but, the, and, then, are, uh, and then they were like, hey, uh, let's get a beer after the show. So we're like, all right. So we had a beer with the label guys afterwards. And then they're like, let's you'd want to meet dragon force and i was like yeah i want to meet dragon force and so we went back and we met dragon force we you know hung out for a very short amount of time because as you guys know uh probably dragon force or anybody doesn't want just some random dudes hanging out taking up taking up oxygen in the dressing room right as a performer you know as a performer you're just i mean i bet those guys were were pretty like out of breath by the end of the show they probably were but you know you're doing a show you're like you know it would really help my after show if some random dudes came back and started standing (laughs) around that would that would help now that's why i got into music we met them really quickly and said said took our leave do you do you think that those guys that's some of like the fastest guitar playing yeah, I mean, 
I don't know. I don't know why you would want to go faster than that. <laughs> you could, I guess, but I don't know why. Like, it's it's some of the fastest guitar playing I think I've ever heard. Like, it's like when people think of the most absurd fast guitar playing. Like, it's pretty acrobatic. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, it's pretty unnecessary, but I'm glad they're doing it. I'm glad it's happening. Brian, are you feeling are you feeling okay right now? Like, I feel like you're getting I want to know where waves the- <laughs> of metal here, like metaled over you right now. Where does this guitar playing come from? Where does the fast guitar playing come from? Is this like, you know, is it earlier than Eddie Van Halen, or is it, does it come from him? Even though they're not necessarily, I think it's probably a, he would be a big. Uh, I think he inspired a lot of it, but I think from I think it's sort of like it's like skateboarding or something. Like it's just like kind of like there's no real point to it. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's like I can't really think of many songs that I'm like, oh, that is a really great song, and it has a really fast technical guitar solo. I can't really right. think of many. Well, well, I think that sort of is what yeah. happens with the genre. Like when it starts to split, it's like that becomes more. That sort of like because even Metallica, which I guess at the time maybe that was thought of as like faster playing, but metallic, you know, like once you get to Eddie Van Halen and like there's, there's, there's sort of is this, like the acrobatic side of metal, like it, it really very much in the seventies, like even though it's heavy and it's rocking, it's about the songs and it's about the messaging and the lyric. And it's like, it's about, you know, the, you know, you know, Iron Maiden's number of the beast is about something. You know, it's mm. like there's very much narrative. The whole band, I mean, the narrative. It's very, it's stuff very is, melodic, and the singers like have these very clear voices. Totally. You know, and the, yeah. And then it becomes this sort of other, you know. But but I I do think like, I don't know. I mean, there there isn't there like aren't there like black metal bands where the shredding is super intense and like the lyrics. I mean, obviously you can't even understand what they're saying half the time. But but I, I you know, it, I do think it's it's interesting. Like that becomes more prevalent and there is this like divergence of like, okay, there's metal where it's just an excuse for them to shred. And then there's like yeah. metal where it's, you know, there's like, they're really putting across the image and the idea of the band. Yeah, I think it's always, like, I think black metal or any goes back to you know just putting the vibe out there the atmosphere i mean sort of like with black metal you know there there are a lot of women at those shows for the same you know because really? there's I, that that vibe is there that sort of energy um so what's the most like are they, are they hovering I by I the think. guitar players pedals and just looking at a setup no like it's just like <laughs> kind of you know i i think it's like it's because I, I uh, you know, I, again, it's not like a machismo thing. It's more just like whenever you put like actual atmosphere and human feeling into something, I think that brings all kinds of people out. And so black metal does that. So I think you get all sorts of people at those so shows. There's, there's like real black metal groupies. I don't I mean, know about it, that. But does I mean, it center probably, around can- cannibalism and stuff? They're like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think it just the appeal comes is sure. You know, like uh, some metal is just going to be like, it's like, like you know, it's like Rush. Like women don't go see Rush. That's not no. metal, but women but don't go see Steely Dan either. The Dan. Oh, when I saw Steely Dan, there was there was a lot of. Uh, can I tell a Steely Dan story? Absolutely, not I mean, metal. They're not. They're not metal. Quickly. Yeah, I, please. This is my. I went to see Steely Dan at the Beacon, of course. Uh, 
this is probably 10 years ago easily and the whole time like the whole show is it's all like you know like guys college buddies like we're gonna go i got fucking tickets see still in and they're all like these older dudes and there's couples, you know, you can tell they got a sitter and between every song, everyone's going, dan, da, dan, 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 dan. they're like waiting for real. And in the years, every song. And then they're like, Nope, uh, this is uh dirty work. And, uh, and, and it went on all night. And every time they're like, now they're going to play real. And in the years, now they're going to do it. And then they never did it. The lights came on. And the, as the night went on, I was like, I, I kind of wouldn't mind hearing "Real in the Years." <laughs> and then the the less the when they kept not playing it, then I was like, please don't play it, because the satisfaction I will get <laughs> by seeing how upset these people are will be far greater than the satisfaction I will get from hearing the song. <laughs> and they didn't, and I was like, that is a masterstroke. To not play your most popular song for yeah. feels thousands. feels very uh very all right Walter Becker all right so Brian let's get to your outlier choice here which is actually I think a very solid outlier choice. Death Row, what about that? Oh. Is this a solid choice? Because I'm like, this is like the predictable. This is the what? What else? No, am I, pick I mean, for the this is this course. is outli- You know, this is definitely pushing the limits of what we understand metal to be. Right, right. What are we listening to? So this is uh, "Bring the Noise," which is not the original "Bring the Noise," which was featured on uh, Public Enemy's uh, landmark album. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back. This is. Uh, the remake uh, collaboration between Public Enemy and Anthrax. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I, I guess everything I'm picking is kind of from the same time period. I'm realizing this is from what, like '91. Um, well, but that's, out, metal, that's when me- metal hit its stride. Like it's the most, it's the closest it ever would have been to popular music at that point. So but I mean, I, like. Public this is Enemy. where, like, you know, I had metalhead friends in like middle school that were like, "Yeah, this fucking Anthrax, Public Enemy shit." You know, I was like, "All right, this is where this this is where we came together and celebrated." I have no idea how this collaboration came about or why it came about. Um, however, I, reading from this article I see on LouderSound.com, it says uh, Scott Ian reached out to Chuck D. They, I guess they were friends. Uh, Chuck D. went and saw them play in like '87. Mm-hmm. And he named he name drops them in the, the lyric to uh, bring the noise. He, he mentions Anthrax. Yeah, Black is for Anthrax. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, Public Enemy, and then arguably the most metal band of all time, and in, in many ways, I love Public. I mean, they're amazing. So you, yeah, so you, you mean that seriously? Yeah, just 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 in their huge, in their rebellious nature. Huge of, Public of, Enemy of the, fan. And, you know, even from, you know, the first record, Yo Bum Rush the Show had, uh, you know, Vernon Reed played on that record. Right. Yeah, yeah. And had like rock riffs on it. And that was like part of the appeal to me. Well, Chuck, Chuck D did that right out of the gate. Post uh, Public Enemy Project is like a metal band, borderline. Um, I, uh, my yeah, buddy the was in it. Tom Morello. Uh, no, no, was it a. Uh, 
What was it called? Oh, Prophets of Rage. I think it's Prophets of Rage, That's, right? Yeah, well, it's basically him and Be Real from Cypress Hill with the Rage Against the Machine guys. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But it's interesting that you mentioned that them them being metal. Um, their whole uh, the ethos of the band is pretty much a it's it's it's, it's the rap version of that, right? It's it's the, you know he says that the music was meant to be noisy. This wasn't stuff that your girlfriend was supposed to like. This is supposed mm-hmm. you know it's just just super. Um, uh, I don't want to say testosterone driven, but like very, uh, very angry music. Very women don't uh, get down with Public Enemy. No, no. I think they do because it's it's like it has that that vibe that I'm talking about with art when art is done right. That, um, that, that so wait, I want I want to like dive into this for a second. So basically, when metal is a sausage fest, it's not good metal. Essentially, is what you're no, saying. No, no, it can be very good, but I'm just saying like. It's it's missing something when when you're doing it that way. It's like uh, how can I put it? But but I say would say this about every any any art. Yeah, it's weird when you go to a show and it's just and it's there's no women there for sure. When, if if it's not appealing to everyone, not and not saying all people have to like it, but I'm saying men, women, you know, whatever is like if you're not. If it's you're only hitting dudes, you're not doing it right. So, well, how about yeah. this hypothesis where you're saying, Brian, that like Public Enemy is the most metal. Like, the Public Enemy to me, when I think about hip hop, they're like not trying to be cool, right? Like, there's Public just Enemy, some something they had about to convince Chuck D to sign to actually put out a, a label. He uh, put out a, a record. He was he was trying his hardest not to even get into music. You know, he 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 just happened to be really good at it. You know, and I think he was. Was that because he was an activist or something, or what was his? I whole think he deal? just had a job. Yeah, I he think he had a job. What was it? I can't. Remember. I was just talking. Oh, not talking was he about in graphic this. design? Didn't he? Didn't he do the actual pub, uh, public? I think he logo? did the logo. Yeah, but I I forget. I was just listening to because I was listening to Rick Rubin talking to I think Andre Three Thousand on the Broken Record podcast. I think, or maybe he was talking to. I forget. Maybe I think we're DMC's talking about yeah two up different episodes, but um. Rick Rubin with Questlove, I think, is, might be what we're talking about. That's not the one I listened to, but maybe no. they did talk about that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like, but the thing is, interestingly, well, to me, any was the with Public Enemy, the guy who got me into is my friend Mark. He and he was the same guy that got me into a ton of metal. Interesting. He was into all metal, but then he was like, "Oh, but you should listen to, to Public Enemy." Right, and the guys and, from Anthrax yeah. said that the, the Public Enemy was their favorite band at the time. You know, they were, they, you know, they were listening to that. So, music what about stuff. Public Enemy makes them like the hip, the, the hip hop equivalent to metal? Like, what is it? Is it the sound? Is it the attitude? Yeah, well, it? it's pur- purposely noisy, really aggressive music. You know, they were layering these samples, these dissonant sounds that are made to kind of like be a little bit grating. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, and it was like I, I think it was like. You hear it and you're like, oh, I should be paying attention. I should be listening to what's going on. And this is not just background music. No, there is no background music when it comes to metal. That's for right. sure. Yeah, but like, but I would say that with Public Enemy, like first right. time I heard it, I was like, oh, what is going on? I, yeah, this yeah. Is, you know, this is, I've not heard anything like this before. His voice alone was super, super commanding. And, and yeah. um, you know, his lyrics were very like fiery and, and um, socially conscious. And then the sound 
um, by the production crew, uh, the public enemy had, which was the bomb squad, Eric Sadler yeah. and, um, and Hank Shockley was just very, you know, very aggressive and noisy. So where does Flavor Flav fit in all this? Flav comic is like relief. the comic foil. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he's, so Flav, you know, Chuck D is a, a fiery preacher, you know what I mean? And you can't take to have that all day and you need a guy like Flav who's like a, just a dude from around the way who's funny and he's down and, you know, he's. He's just like the, yeah, the veil. The comic the veil, everyman. Just yeah. kind of giving you a break from the intensity. So yeah. sort of like oh. on, on like a, like when you go see an Ingve gig, he's like the singer who gives you the break from the solos. <laughs> right? Yes, he's, he's exactly. That's exactly um, right. So let's move he's along got personality though. Flay. Exactly. He's got, he does, got, listen, 911's a joke is a jam. He's the star of the group, you know? Not That's the, right. He's, he's not the front man, but he's like, Flavor he's of the love. guy that everybody knows. It's a classic television oh, show. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Um, oh, that was, that was. <laughs> That's not metal. Long, way, That's, way, way, long over. Um, all right, we're going to get to the final round of our playlist, which is the goat of metal, the greatest of all time. And I think we're going to let Dave kick this off with, uh, uh, I'm going to, this is in our, he just goes straight to the source with this. Oh. This is the slowest pick tempo-wise yet. It's like when you hear this, yeah, I'll, I'll wait till... Dave, what are we listening to? We're listening to, of course, Black Sabbath. The title track from Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. Um, and I just I just love this song. I think. Uh, but so this has I, more. This has like you know again. This is sort of we're the root, like the, the source, on it. right? It's got got your little folk out vibes. There's some sensitivity yeah, here. Yeah, it just kind of for me. It's like. It's it's rocking so hard you can't say anything right now. You're just like you're just being absorbed by this riff. I can tell. Does, oh, yeah, does Ozzy just, Osbourne get enough credit for being this? Like he's an amazing fucking singer. This guy's voice is out of this world. Oh yeah. Vocal. I mean, I think a lot of you know you, when you hear his. And like, what year is this? This this must this has to be like. It's been seventy three. Yeah, it's like insane that this comes his, out. His voice it's, is so. Dope. It's contemporaneous to Zeppelin. And it's like, who sounds like this right. in 1973? Is just, Robert Plant where that style of like super high, you know, aggressive singing comes from? Does it? Does it? Does it pretty much start with him? It's a good question. I don't know. If I'd... I know. I, th- I think I read that Plant was trying to do what Rod Stewart was doing back then. Interestingly enough. Well, I know Plant, uh, that Plant is like, you know, he's doing his whole blues thing. He's like trying to be a, you know, like he's a British blues guy, which is, so that's an interesting thing here because like. I just mean like choosing to sing in that freaking, in the sky register, well, you know? What I find markedly different about Black Sabbath is like, it doesn't, it's like there's blues in it, but they're not like pretending like they're black Americans, right? Which is so much yeah. of where like the the 60s British revival music comes out of. There's something distinctly different about this that's like, mm-hmm. and I think that's why I, you know, a lot of, I mean, Black Sabbath is 
basically credited with inventing heavy heavy metal, wouldn't you say? Mm. Like oh, they're, yeah. they're like they're, exactly. they're where it begins and ends. To my yeah, I think so. Um in my metal opinion. And and so are you in most people's it's not a unique opinion. And where are you at with the Ozzy versus Dio sort of thing? Oh, I mean, it's just they're both great and they're both different. So you can't. It, it's just kind of a great thing that it happened. It's like the Sammy, uh, the Sammy, uh, the David Lee Roth, Sammy Hagar debate. It's no, no, it's not anything like that because um, they're both. Wait, great. Yeah, are they both loved like by Sabbath fans? Yeah, yeah. There's no one, no one. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody, but it's like, you know, the Sammy Dave debate is, you know, I it's mean, it's bit. sort of a way of weeding out humans, really. <laughs> but it, with Dio, it's just like you're, you could say you prefer one or the other, but it's right. like, they're both are great. You, Dave, options. are you saying you don't rock with Van Halen's Come On Baby, Finish What You Started? I have to say, I you know, I have no beef with Sammy Hagar. I just... Don't like him in my Van Halen. <laughs> I've, I wish him the best. You'll drink Cabo Wabo tequila. I, oh, know. absolutely. Sure. <laughs> um, this is my goat pick here, which for my money, this is the most metal shit ever. That's a good choice. So that, listen, that, that hi hat. <laughs> so we are listening to the band known as Slayer. Sort of the uh I guess they 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 represent the kind of apex of thrash metal in a way. Um this is from their album Reign of Blood, produced by Rick Rubin. Mm-hmm. Um, and this song in particular is extremely controversial as they uh, there's a lot of uh, Nazi imagery in it. It's all basically describing Joseph Mengele's te- techniques of uh, torture, which they then got labeled as like an anti-Semitic band and were boycotted and all kinds of crazy stuff. And they've always said that, like, no, we're not endorsing this. It should be obvious that we're not endorsing this. But... Um, yeah, there, and the drumming. The drumming on this is, you know, kind of one of the most. I guess, is he arguably the greatest metal drummer? I want to talk about metal drumming. Probably, yeah, yeah. I Dave Lombardo. I I would say one of them, if not, yeah, yeah. it's probably the one. He's up where, there. He, where does this probably drumming come one. from? Where does this style of coming, drumming come from? This uh. super fast shit with the double kick drum and all that. Like, what? Where does that start? Uh, this came out on Def Jam, by the way. Did you know Def that? Def American. Is it yeah. on Def Jam or is it Def American when no, he split this off came out label? on Def Jam. Oh, yeah. Shit. How wild is this? This is a Russell Simmons signing. Amazing. Um, I mean, I feel like a lot of the drumming stuff is, it's like, you know, I, I, do, they, do they use a double kick drum in Deep Purple? They use a double kick in drum in Sabbath. In Deep Purple? I don't think so. Like... 
I, I bet if you, I'm, I'm, we'd have to have like a drummer on, but you could talk about the. It's like starts in yeah, the like 70s. Whose innovation is that? Yeah, it's like it's 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 in hard rock music. You know, I mean, think about like Rush. Think about these prog rock bands. Like, think I about don't all the, about that. You know, nothing like or Yes or or King Crimson. Like these guys, they've got double kick drums. They've got more drums than you can count. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one of my favorite pastimes has always been to like watch those, like watch like the Terry Bozio drum instructionals. If you want to like have some fun. Where they have like literally, he's got like 140 drums oh, set yeah, up in his drum kit. Yeah, he's not messing around. Yeah, like we're not even talking about double kicks. He's got like eight kick drums <laughs> that are all triggered by a series of pedals. It's just absurd. It's just like, what the fuck is this? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean Slayer, Slayer to me is kind of like his head. Like that shit's still real heavy, man. Oh yeah, you know? it's yeah. heavy. Oh totally, yeah. Like it's it's got like and it's got sort of a grime that a lot of the newer metal bands that like that come out of black metal that are super intense or like there's something super that record is like I think Rain and Blood is it's definitely thought of as like one of the ten great metal records of all time I think you know oh yeah it's sure. like it's like benchmark you know it's but like I mean the song. that's a good point it's like you know I think a lot of the metal that's being made today is is very is just clean and sucky right doesn't have like that there's a there's a there's like a weird there's a weird like i think what's interesting about slayer is they have all the sort of like hallmarks of modern kind of thrash influenced metal where it's super edgy and stuff but there's like a dirt with that shit like you can hear it like there's something that sounds like they're in the basement and they're really like it has that kind of still has like the trails of like the 70s kind of rockness to it but it's just you know and and i think they also kind of took it to a level that Metallica, they like Metallica brought the thrash scene here and then Slayer just went to here. And it's sort of that, that, that level of intensity on that record. And I think they've like, did they ever get better than that record? I feel like that's like the record. It's like, you know. Yeah, no, I, I think those early records, but you know, they, they, they did a pretty good job throughout. They um, maybe may have had a couple clunkers in there. <laughs> But uh, yeah, to me, I don't know. I just remember when I first heard Slayer, like it just, I was just like, what the fuck is this? It's like, mm-hmm. there's some, there was just something like, ter- I mean, ter- you could hear that first record. That's like the first, the first song on the album. Yeah, it but starts I mean, like, with that you shit. see like Rick Rubin, both, you know, that and Public Enemy, you can see like what, you know, that what that all has in common, you know? Um. Yeah. Anyway, to me, that's like uh, if I'm gonna if for my vote, it's the most metal that uh, it's gonna get. And so let's move on to Brian's goat pick, which I actually think Brian, you get some you get some props for this goat pick. Do I get a, props? Oh shit! I think this one, this is like you know, a lot of this, and this will be a good thing to get Dave talking about too a little bit because I think he'll have something to say about. That bass tone. Oh my god. There's something almost comical about this now when you hear it. Is it? I mean, it's awesome. I love this record. Uh, uh, uh. Am I supposed to talk about this? I just want you yeah, guys to talk about, about it. it. Tell us it's who Master Puppets. It's it's Metallica. I don't. We've just, we've just digressed uh, the whole show. We're just like we're just rocking out now. Like, yeah, exactly. No one's saying anything. <laughs> we're just enjoying the tunes. I remember as a kid who knew nothing about heavy metal seeing kids wearing Metallica t-shirts and me misreading it and I thought the name of the band was Metallic 
I thought I thought that last A was a K. <laughs> that it was like <laughs> that they stylized it to. Anyway, uh, yeah, I didn't. Re- you know, I I probably never actually heard a Metallica song until uh, uh, Enter Sandman when they really crossed over. But um, I do remember this being a thing. I remember my boys being into it. Speaking of greatest heavy metal drummers of all time, why? So can can you can can Dave? Oh. Can you tell me why um, Lars is bad? Oh, you know, people say he's sloppy and stuff. If you want to like really get in there and you know analyze like his live performances, but I don't really. So it's not something that comes out on record. Like you don't hear it on. It's not because it sounds great to me. I don't. Yeah, you know. no. I, you know, I think. I don't know. I think nerds are going to complain, but whatever. You yeah. hear a lot of Ozzy and, and James Hetfield. I just want to say it's kind of wild, you know, when hearing them back to back. I feel like maybe it's the way they treat And his vocal, you think? I think so. It's lower pitched, but I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, Dave. I cut you off. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, some people think it's bad, but whatever. I mean, uh, you know, anything, I think he's doing a fine job. There's something okay. very ham-fisted about, like, especially that, like, all his hits and stuff. It's all, it's, like, so obvious, you know, when you think about, like, because a lot of the drumming in metal, especially now, there's, like, an incredible technical sophistication to it. It's, like, and this is, Lars is always, like, oh, 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 like, there's this kind of caveman element to his drumming. That's Plus, why it's good. I, yeah. The more more caveman, the better in, <laughs> in all things. I agree. Um, and then, he, of course, he has his diamond encrusted snare drum, which drummers love to make fun of. That he like he has like this this like fifty thousand dollars snare drum that he has. It's like the diamond snare. It sounds just like total piss. You know, it's awful. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like this is the album that Metallica gets all their cred from, right? Like this is Master of Puppets is sort of like the album, right? I mean, oh, I, the first two are super well received. I think too, the no? first three are great, and then I sort of lose interest. Is it Injustice for All on that, or that's later? That's the fourth one. That's right. When I mean, the fourth full regular studio album. But, for you know, I don't, I think sonically, I don't like the way that record sounds. So right. it's good, but I'm, for me, it's not what I'm into. But I don't really listen to them that much anyway. It's not like I, I, I you know, I hear them and I'm like, oh, that's great. But I don't like necessarily like put it on what was when you were younger in Metallica like before they blew up like what was the vibe around them were they like oh man these guys are heavy they're the real deal because I feel like oh yeah I mean like they were like I mean I remember the first time I saw them like uh, the first time I saw them was on Monsters of Rock uh, tour or festival whatever it's called and it was like them Scorpions, Dokken, Van yes. Halen, mm-hmm. Kingdom Come, I think that was it. And they just like came out and it was just like you're like, oh, okay, this is this is what's what's up. You, JJ you, like even say, as a kid, you're just like, Oh, okay, these guys are better than everybody. Mm. And everything else is kind of a joke. J- JJ sa- says famously, he's like, we we always were like come on top, and the o- there's like I think there were two bands, two times that they ever like got the shit kicked out of them. One of them was by Metallica. Yeah, they just, Metallica just like just flattened it. them. They were just like, oh my god, what the fuck is this shit? You know, full 
just like, you know, coming with the, I, I think that's sort of where I think about them too. They come with a different level of intensity. And oh, yeah, yeah. Like they like, you know, the metal was here and then they were just like, no, it's here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they're always great. I mean, I haven't, I've seen them live a bazillion times. I haven't seen them in a long time that I can think of, but anytime I've ever seen them, you go and you're like, Oh, these guys are amazing. They're just really good at being Metallica. <laughs> they <laughs> figured like, out, they've cracked it. Right. Right. And now they're kind of like, I don't know, just like we, we sort of take them for granted because they are the definitive band. Like they're like the, they like are the band that made metal big. You know, in a lot well, of ways. Well, yeah, they're like one of the biggest bands biggest in bands the world. Of, yeah, of all time. Um, it's like now they can do Bob Seger covers. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, that's it. We, we're at the end of our playlist. I feel like we've, we've, like, we've gotten a lot of metal out. I can tell on, on the look of everybody's faces here. Like, we're pretty, like, we've rocked pretty hard. <laughs> we've, we've covered a lot of metal. All, all solid choices, too. There was no, uh, nothing came down the pike that uh, enraged me. <laughs> um, I'm glad I didn't embarrass myself. No, you you uh, you you impressed me throughout. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks, Dave. Dave, this has been such a treat to have you on our podcast. Thank you for having me. I mean, it's like you know, seriously. If we even attempted to do a metal uh, podcast with anybody else, it, it, I can't even think of anybody. Like you know, there's you know, Ronnie James Dio. Sadly, is gone. Uh, We'd, yeah, would, it would have had him been one of those guys. I mean, you're you Tony Iommi lives in England. I guess tried him. The internet probably. He doesn't have. He's he lives in like a farmhouse. Yeah, he doesn't have the internet. Right, doesn't have just a bunch of amps. <laughs> um, well, anyway, uh, if, if you can check out Dave's uh, latest piece of writing, "Parking the Moose," it's for sale right now on audiobook format. All, All formats, hardcover, All. paperback, audiobook, whatever Get, format you desire. And uh, please uh, in that format. rate us on your app and uh, check out the playlist on Spotify. We'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, until then, this is Julian Villard signing off for The Real Gentleman of Queens. I'm B-Ski. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>